I was just on a podcast with Nick Walker. He interviewed me, and we chatted for about an hour and a half or so, um, and it was a, a super dope interview. Um, I wasn't planning on posting it on my channel, on my podcast that you are listening to right now, but it was just an awesome, uh, awesome interview. He uh, just really questioned me about entrepreneurship and how I balance my life and uh, where I kind of want to go, but then also uh, questions about personal relationships and love, and this is a super unique uh, and thought thoughtful interview that I had. So again, check it out. Super pumped to uh, share with you guys and definitely follow Nick down below. But uh, stay tuned and uh, on to the episode. So my first question for you is, who are you and why do you do what you do? (laughs) <laughs> Who am I? I'm a, I'm a 21-year-old uh, that makes videos on the internet for my professional living, but I just really am obsessed over uh, self-development and really making myself the best human I can be, helping others and serving others along the process. But um, yeah, from a professional standpoint, I run a content agency that we help uh, other brands and other people share their message with the world. So um, mainly that falls onto the video editing spectrum of social media content. Um, so that's really what I do day in and day out, um, build systems, build teams uh, surrounding that. So I just um, high level management. And uh, that's what I that's really what consumes me uh, most of my day outside of reading, meditating, working out all of that good stuff. Beautiful. So what are some major experiences that got you started on your path? Yeah, some uh, major experiences. So it really all started uh, when I picked up my phone and started just documenting my journey, essentially. Um, and uh, it's probably like senior year of my of my high school. Um, so when I was like 17, 18 years old, I, I really just uh, fell in love with like the aspect of like, leveraging social media for good and actually uh, sharing your message and connecting with people. So that's when I really dug into uh, social media and like creating content, got into like Gary Vee and Tom Billy and uh, other entrepreneurs like that. And I had no idea what I was going to do at the time, uh, but I just wanted to document my journey, not going to traditional uh, college, not going to traditional university um, and just really document that journey. So that's really how I got how I got started. And I just took one opportunity that led to another that led to another. Um, And here we are uh, about two and a half, three years later, and uh, I've fallen on video. So I've tested a bunch of different things within the within that process, test a lot of different things within the video world. But now, um, obviously, 2020, everything's remote, COVID, uh, we're we're fully remote. And that's why we're we're really digging into the video editing side. Mm -hmm. That's cool, man. And you know, it takes some balls to not go the traditional college, right? The, the, the conditional, uh, the traditional college route, you know, because it can provide this certainty, but it's like, for what? Mm-hmm. It's like, there, there's almost like so much value in being able to jump off the deep end like that. So what was that like for you? And like, like, what have you gotten out of that experience? Yeah, absolutely. So I knew uh, from a pretty early age that I wasn't going to go to go to college. I didn't want to. I told all my guidance counselors that I was going to just like community college just so they don't they don't heckle me and they don't ask, oh, what are you what are you doing? Do you have your plan figured out? All, all of that uh, typical things that 
schools schools ask you, especially high schools uh, going into college. And I'm definitely from more of a um, like traditional town. Not a lot of people bash against the walls. Everyone goes to goes to college. So I was really only one of probably five in my in my class of about a hundred people, um, two hundred people that graduated that didn't go to college. Um, but yeah, I I got pushback from a few people. But overall, I just stayed quiet about it. And I'm like, this is the route I'm going. My parents were super supportive. Um, eventually. So I, I got them to, uh, to trust me, pretty much just give me a semester off. So I didn't have to go to school that like first, like my freshman first semester of college. And I had that time to just prove to them like, Hey, I can do this entrepreneur thing full time. I can make money. I can make a living doing it. Um, I, I had very little expenses and they're like, okay, cool. Let's like show us. And then, uh, started started my company got first clients within within the first few weeks and the rest was history so obviously i don't need to go back to school now and my my parents are pretty proud that they're uh that they didn't make me go right well okay yeah i want to get to i want to get into it like i want to hear about some of your like rock bottoms yeah it's it's funny because I, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs have this crazy sob story came from absolutely nothing. And it's like, I just came from like a middle suburban family. I didn't get raised in a trust fund, but I wasn't raised on the streets. I was kind of just middle of the road, just like the most average family you can get. Um, I, I've been brought up in other other entrepreneurs like my dad's been an entrepreneur all his life my grandpa grandparents mom they've all owned their own thing at one point um my dad's still an entrepreneur he but he's in the financial planning industry so he's a uh, he's a solo financial planning rep so it's he didn't need to build his own business from scratch he's just an independent contractor um so he's kind of just mapped out a blueprint but as far as uh crazy trust funds and crazy crazy money i i never had any of that it's just it just took a ridiculous amount of work um, and just commitment. So I guess as far as like the the unique story of like how I came up and stuff um, before like getting into entrepreneurship, I I've always just prided myself of like having a really really strong work ethic. So was like like my senior year, I used to um, like design like snowboard parks at like ski hills before getting into entrepreneurship. So big snowboarder, big skier. Um, so that's what I did my senior year of high school and. Um, I managed this hill and I was probably working close to uh, 50, 60 hours a week while in school and while running track. So I was working hundred plus hour weeks while still in school. So that was like my biggest like grind. Obviously I, I'm only 21. So I, I have a pretty short, like professional, <laughs> professional career to talk about. Um, so I haven't gone through crazy, crazy hell and back, but working, working ridiculous hours until three, 4am sometimes every every Friday and then getting back to the ski hill at 7am, um, sleeping for an hour and then sleeping at like 9am to noon and then going back to the ski hill. I just like live and died by, by my work. Um, so that was probably like my biggest like grinding moment. Like when I was like 18 years old, senior year of high school, and I just didn't do anything else besides school work and track. That was it. Mm -hmm. And i and I take it. That's kind of what got you into self-development self because like if you're someone who's doing a lot of the outer work like you inevitably have to do a lot of the inner work that is able to help you transcend these external obstacles because if you're very if you're very externalized like there there's only there, there's only so far that you can go 
Yeah, that's a really, really great point. And I didn't really realize it until after the fact. Like when you're when you're in something, you kind of get caught up and you don't really realize, oh, I am working ridiculous hours and I'm putting a lot of strain on my on my physical body, my mental health, the relationships around me. So those things don't really cross your mind when you're so far entrenched in whatever you're doing. But it, it was definitely afterwards that I'm like, damn, like no 18-year-old should need to work that that amount of hours for so little money, but but I loved what I was doing. I, I got to snowboard for a living and design snow parks and and jumps and rails and stuff. So so that's that's definitely a common theme throughout my whole life is uh, making making a living, uh, like earning money doing what I've what I've loved. So I've never worked a job that I've hated. Uh, I never was resentful of going to work, and that's that stuck true to now. And that's how I how I plan on living the rest of my days as as long as I need to work, as long as I get to work, not need to work. Oh, yeah, dude, that's exactly how it should be. There's, I mean, obviously, like there are, you know, there are things that people have to do to get by, right? But the way I see it, man, is like this life, like there's just no reason to do what does to, to pursue something that does not make you feel alive. Like, I, I just don't understand it. Like I would rather not have a job than do one that I don't like. Yeah. Period. Like I would like sleeping on a couch. Like I would be okay. You know, you know what I mean? It's just like, like that, like, yeah, like that's not something that yeah, like, like I would just be okay, dude. You know what I mean? And I just feel like that's like what life is really about, you know, at least for me, like that's what I value is just doing meaningful work, something that I can get behind and actually, cause it's like the feeling, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't like, it's not about the money. It's about the feeling. Like, like you said, like with the, with the snowboards and the skiing and things like that. Yeah, man. hundred percent. I'm, I'm, I resonate with that super heavily. Mm-hmm. So how have you been able to find that balance in your life of kind of do, 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 and like be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's very easy to, um, so like for me, for example, there was one point where, you know, I started my business in 2017 and whenever I started it, I was very into that, um, externalized nature of it. So like I was reading book, like business book after business book, after business book, after business book. And, you know, it was, it was only about that. You know what I mean? It was never, you know, like we were kind of just talking about, it, it was never really about myself and developing myself past a certain point I was like dude like okay I've read all the business books that I can possibly read that would actually benefit me so now I literally just need to do the work and focus more on myself so you know getting more into self-help and like I know like that's what you're all about it's like self-development self-improvement self-help and you know that's like it was in like 2018 like that's when I really started to get into that space and really tapping into just like the you know the mind body and spirit like just like that full like accessing that full aspect of myself so that externalized journey turned into like an inwards journey of just exploration and you know penetrating past all of my boundaries that are separating me from freedom and happiness because obviously like there are you know there are some people that are 
very lost, you know, like they, you know, they aren't as um, fortunate, I guess, to have found like that thing, you know what I mean? Like that thing that they really feel pulled towards. So how have you been able to just navigate that realm? I know it's a very, it's not a very clear question. It's a loaded question, but I just want to steer us like into this direction. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, there, there's a lot of different ways I could, I could take the answer. I'll, I'll kind of take it from a, from a entrepreneur standpoint, but then also mixed in with someone who doesn't know what they want to do yet. So I think they're very intertwined. And I think the first step is throw away any like business plans or sets the set plans you have and just start testing. Um, I think that is one of the biggest things that separates the doers from the thinkers. Um, and you, you touch on it a little bit. Um, but really I think the main, the main, point of that is to just go out and test more things because you never really know what you want to do um, until you start testing. So again, you, you said you read a bunch of books and you, you get to a certain point where it's like, okay, what is another book going to do if I'm not implementing those things? So I guess the first step to just doing whatever you want and kind of try, trying to find that balance um, is to just test a lot of different things out uh, because you, it's not like the, the first thing, let's say you go into drop shipping. Um, you're not gonna hit it off crazy in drop shipping and that is going to be the end all be all of your life. Could it be? Sure. Has it been for other people? Sure. But chances are that's not going to happen. It, it will take time and time and time to test, to find out what you like. So let's say you, you test a bunch of things and you hit on video. And I'm just going to use my personal story as an example, obviously. So once I hit video, I was set. I'm like, awesome. I'm, I can make money now. I, I have a clear path. And I was working just ridiculous hours to make that happen. I was working uh, 12, 13, 14 hours every single day. I was just a solo, solo dude doing this. Um, so I had no, no team, no editors, no finance person. So when you, when you start something like that, um, that's, that's all you have. So I didn't raise any capital. I didn't raise anything. I just learned how to do it on YouTube. I learned how to file an LLC and, uh, hook up QuickBooks and, uh, pay taxes and, and all of these different nuances. Um, but I, I really got to a point and it's, it's taken me a while. And I, I launched my company in uh, late 2018. Um, so that's, that's really when I like started my official entrepreneurial journey. So it's, it's only been about two years now, um, but it took me about a year and a year and a half or so, like early 2020 to realize the importance of building systems and leveraging other people as talent. Um, so I don't need to sacrifice 12, 13, 14 hours every single day. Maybe I was, I was filling up 10 of those hours with tasks I can outsource to other people that are better than me at it. Um, and that are smarter at those things than me. Um, like let's say finance and the video editing side of things. Now, both of those took up a lot of time for me back in the day, but now I've outsourced all of those. So I only need to make sure the, the machine is well oiled essentially. And then I'm, I'm good. So that's really how I'm finding balance to really tie everything back together is finding, finding that system to build and delegate as much as possible to other people that that's their strong suit. Maybe organizing a team and managing a team and leading a team from a, from a data standpoint and tracking all of that data, maybe that's not my strong suit, but it's going to be someone's strong suit. So how can I pull them into this ecosystem, have them give them the tasks of 
let's say data management, um, and have them lead those conversations with the team. That's going to make everyone's life way easier than having me try to stumble through it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I've really found balance now. And now, now I, I invest more time into just self-development and learning and reading and meditating more than probably I actually am working now, which is, which is awesome because my business has been growing faster than it's ever been. And I'm working the least amount I've ever been, but that works for me. I don't want to go out and sell my soul to work and work 14, 15 hours a day and not have any time to spend with my girlfriend, my family, eat food with them, like, and ha- actually have, have a life for myself and play skate three on my old PS three, um, go for walks, like stuff like that. That's, that's what I love to do. And that's what works for me. So for me, it's all about building, building an effective, efficient system. So I can essentially print money off on the back end, help, help I share people's story and change people's lives while doing what I love. So that's how I'm currently finding balance. Dude. I love that. I love that energy. Like that is what moves the needle is the, is the deep work. You know what I mean? And yeah, I like, because like from my perspective, like what you're really talking about is just where is energy moving and where do you stand like because like you're a puzzle piece you know what I mean and if you are in a place where you're not supposed to be then the entire machine it's not going to work properly um and then on the you know on the piece of like you know people like trying to find their thing and like you talked about it's just about trying things it's just about doing everything I was thinking about this yesterday and I'm like the people who succeed are the people who are willing to just take the steps. Like you just have to take the steps. Like, it's that simple. Like the people who don't succeed are the people who are, you know, just fearful of taking the steps forward because they're like, Oh, like, I don't know what's going to happen on step 16. Well, it's like, you haven't even taken a step yet. Like you just have to be able to throw yourself into the dark and to just, and into the chaos and really to just like be there and be like, okay, like what now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I agree. Totally. So many people are wrapped up in, okay, I'm at, let's it's, it's easy to just have like arbitrary revenue goals as a, as an example, let's say you're just starting out. You want to make your first hundred thousand dollars. It's like, okay, what about your first dollar to start off with? If you're starting at zero, it doesn't go zero to a hundred thousand. It goes zero to one to two to three to 10 to, to 50 to a hundred to a thousand. And I think again, you, you, you said it best. Um, people, people love to jump to step number nine and 10 and 16 without looking at steps one through 16 first. And I think if you really break down your goals into those smaller steps, it makes it so much more manageable and achievable as well. Not to say you don't, you can't set crazy goals. You can set crazy goals, but then have the actual smaller steps and smaller goals to map and ramp up to that crazy goal. Yeah. And I just love the idea because like what I've noticed for me in my business, and I'm sure you've certainly recognized the same with you just because of, um, you know, how much your numbers have amplified, but it's like the more that I grow, the more my business grows, the more my business grows, the more I grow. And it's just like this very symbiotic relationship, you know? So like, that's all the more reason to do the deep work. And it's, and it's not even just business either. It's with, 
everything. Like everything just gets better whenever you're doing that deep work and really facing yourself and you're able to be present with your situation. So whether that's with your relationship or with, um, you know, your nutrition and your health and things like that, it's like, it can be anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. So how do you stop trying to control everything and just trust your path? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Such a, such a good question there. And, um, I'm very, very intuitive. Like I, I like listening to my gut because it's typically right for my situation. Um, and this is what I talk with my, with my business coach a lot about. Um, we just talk about like what, cause, cause obviously like I, I have fears like, Oh, what if this doesn't work? What if that doesn't work? And it's so hard to, it's so hard to, not worry about things you can't control and external factors. But once you get a hold of your life and you, you control what you can control and you're okay with the ambiguity of the outside world, once you get to that point, you just live so much, so much better. And there's so much less stress and anxiety and just simple worrying day to day saying like, okay, there's a million other things that uh, I can't control today what are the 10 things I can control um, and how you react to those things? That's what it comes down to. So as far as like being okay, not controlling everything, you just, you, you need to find out a way to just let go of a lot of those external, external factors because you will never be able to control them. You won't be able to control what other people think, what other people think about you um, and a, and a million other other decisions, but yeah, I think it's just really being okay with the ambiguity of letting life kind of go with the flow, but then you take control of your own life and just finding that alignment between the two. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I suggest. <laughs> yeah, the, the way that I that I picture it, it's like I picture like all like there's a hallway of doors, right? And Mm -hmm. I feel like my philosophy is that, okay, I'm only going to knock on the doors that I feel intuitively called to. Because like we said earlier, it's about, you know, at least for me, and it seems like for you, it's like doing what makes us feel alive. And so it's like, okay, I'm only going to knock on the doors that are actually speaking to me, that are actually calling me. And I'm going to knock on every single one of those doors. And I'm just going to trust that the right one is going to open. So that's really like how I find balance between like, because it's like about aligned action, right? Like I really have to be conscious and present with myself and recognize like when my actions are not in alignment with what it is that I actually want. So it's like right now, like I, like I unconsciously chose the college route because that's what you know, my parents wanted me to do. And like, I was, I was just at a stage where I was not ready to make the conscious decision and to stand up and say, no, like, I don't want to go to college. Cause honestly, at that, at that time I was like, yeah, like I should go to college. But now that I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a senior in college, whatever. And I'm at a point dude, where it's like, you know, I have my business. It's going very well. I have the podcast. It's going well. Um, and all the other things that I'm doing and that I'm interested in. And it's like, okay, I, am 
I'm just not going to try to force something that 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 doesn't that just doesn't feel right that I don't want to go right. You know what I mean? It's like let's say there is an opportunity for me to take a job after graduation that pays me whatever. It's like I don't care what it is. Like if 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 I do not feel invigorated by that opportunity, then I I don't want to take it. I just don't want to do it. Like I refuse to knock on that door for temporary and and the really a false sense of security. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I'm just going to knock on the doors that speak to me. The false sense of security is so damn true because again, there's no right or wrong decision as far as if college is right for you. There's just the simply the decision that you make. Just because I went to I didn't go to college and you went to college neither of us are in a better place or worse place. We're just in our own places. That's, that's life. But I think so many people, um, and I can just speak from secondhand experience. I, I have friends that are in college. I, again, I'm a 21 year old, like that's, that's typical college age. So I, I surround myself with a lot of other, other people that are around my age. Um, and I've just, I've found that people like to rely on a college degree as that security blanket. When in reality, let's say uh, we, we'll keep, keep the same hallway of doors and let's say there's 10 doors. The fact is the college grads and the, the people that didn't go to college are walking down the same hallway with the same exact doors. And it just depends on what doors you knock on to let you in. Will some, will some of them, will you need a college degree? Sure. If you want to go out and get a, get a corporate job, you want to be a doctor, lawyer, whatever, um, that needs a college degree, obviously the, the college degree is going to help you. But at the same exact time, just because you have a college degree and you walk down the door, all of the doors aren't just going to open and say, oh, come in, come in, Here, here's a job for you. Um, and I think a lot of people, and that's where just entitlement gets created in, in this system that we're brought up in. Just because you have a college degree, just because you have a high school degree, it doesn't mean when you're walking down that hallway of those, of those doors, those doors are still going to be closed. A lot of them are still going to be locked. You still need to do the actual work to gain the skills that have utility to be of service to other people. And I think that's something that people just don't understand. So that gets us back to the point of like, you, you always need to be uh, obsessed over just self-development and learning and uh, just making yourself better. Dude, that's powerful. There are a couple of things there. I like what you said about the service to other people, but I do want to talk about the doors again. Cause it's like, dude, like, I feel like it can be very easy to just not like you're, you're, you're imagine you're standing at a door and you're just sitting there knocking. It's like, is it going to open? Is it going to open? And it's like, no, like it's not going to open because you really look within yourself. Like, do you want that door to open? Like, do you really want that door to open? If you really don't want that door to open, then it's probably not going to open. It's probably not meant to open for you. Mm-hmm. And the service to others, man. I mean, that's, that's really interesting too, because I feel like at a certain point there is, you know, after like a certain, you know, level of growth within yourself or a depth of growth, I don't know how I want to um, articulate that, but there comes a certain point where you are invigorated by service to others. And I feel like 
at least for me, the path that is most alive for me is the path in which I am kind of extracting my own medicine from my own experiences and doing whatever I do that makes me feel alive. And then I can kind of just channel that energy and help people along the way. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. I I dig that, um, and that that's what it really really comes down to. Similar to why you're doing this podcast, why we're doing this podcast together. If if someone else can take a little bit of information or just energy from this from this podcast and implement it into their life and make their life a little bit better, then that's so that's so worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 there's something just about. Cause like, sometimes I think about it too. And it's like, okay, of course, like not every part of myself is invested in the service to others part, but there's this something about, I mean, it's really just about the freedom, man. Like whenever you are free within yourself and sure, I'm not there all the time, but it's like, whenever you're free within yourself and you're just in that very expansive state where you feel alive, it's inevitably going to trickle into, um, the energy fields or like whatever of other people like like it's going to it's going to seep out whether you do it intentionally or if it's you know like indirectly yeah man 100 percent. Mm-hmm. so how do you stop comparing yourself to other people it's a bitch comparison is is hard um and I, I still compare myself all the time and it's, it's super unhealthy and I'm, I'm working on it. And, uh, I think comparison is comparison is, is everywhere. So it's really, uh, I, I don't even have the, the best answers to this because it's, it's hard. Everyone compares themselves to, to other people to a, to a certain level, but it's, it's really just the, thinking back to like, you have no idea what that other person has gone through, what they're going through, what they've, uh, who they've been raised by surroundings. There's so many factors that no matter how well, you know, someone that you're comparing yourself to, you don't know the full scope. They don't know the full scope of, of your life either. So it's, it's impossible to truly compare yourself to, to other people. Um, and it's, it's just super unhealthy. And I'm, I'm currently reading Jay Shetty's book, uh, think like a monk. And he was saying when he was becoming a monk, he was comparing himself to other monks and, and like that, it, it's just, it's not just entrepreneurs. It's not just boys or girls or, uh, or corporate jobs, athletes. It's everyone. Monks compare themselves to other monks. Are they meditating uh, better than me? And, and having those conversations, conversations, that's what Jay was like saying. And he was like, in, in monk school, I forgot the, the official name for it. Um, I apologize to any, any monks that are not listening to this because that breaks monk culture. Uh, but yeah, like that's other monks compare themselves to other monks. Just think about that. So the, the, the notion of comparison is just deeply ingrained in us. I don't, I don't know exactly the science behind it, but yeah, I don't have any great, uh, great suggestions besides like you just can't compare yourself to what race another person is running because they're just completely different races. Yeah. It, and, and, and yeah, it, I feel like, I feel like you're really able to drop comparison once you realize that it's futile, that it really serves, you no. it doesn't serve you at all. Like it, it, yeah, it certainly creates anxiety, but like it doesn't, 
it doesn't give anything to you. It doesn't bring anything to you. There's no value there. And Can I say something like, really quick? We, Go ahead. We think that it's very easy to compare yourself to someone else whenever you think that there's not enough for you, whenever you think that they are taking something away from you. So maybe they're taking followers away from you, or maybe they're taking, you know, potential, like it sounds crazy, but like I see this sometimes, or I have seen this in the past with myself, it's like, whenever I find myself comparing myself to other men in particular, what it really is, is a weird fear or idea that if another man is better than me for whatever reason, he is going to take the women. There's going to be no women for me. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, like that, like no money, no women, like nothing. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, operating from a scarcity mindset instead of abundance. So if you, if you flip your mindset and there's, there's enough money to go around, there's enough women to go around, there's enough resource to go around, there's enough everything to go around. If you just really flip your mindset um, and start operating from a place of abundance instead of scarcity, it just, it flips your whole entire life. And as you're kind of explaining that, a, a, a thought of mine popped up as far as the, from a comparison standpoint. Um, and one of my, one of my um, good buddies, Evan, Evan, park down in Kansas City. Um, he just completed a uh, 100 mile race. So an ultra marathon. First, first time he's uh, ran 100 miles, it took him like 27 hours or something, which is fucking crazy. Um, I don't know many people that have ran 100 mile races. But I was just thinking about it. And no one would ever compare him against Usain Bolt. It, it, it like that's, that's how ridiculous it is. It's like, who's the better runner? It's like, okay, it's a completely different race. I don't know if you, I would doubt Usain Bolt could run a hundred miles right now. If, if he could, then, then props. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, the, the grand uh, comparison is, okay, Usain Bolt has made millions of dollars from running nine seconds at a time. That's completely different than running a hundred miles at a time. And they're just completely different worlds. Yes. Are they both running? Yes, that is the only thing that they have in common. But but again, it's a completely different race. So that's why you can't compare yourself uh, to to other people. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, and I want to I want to go deeper into the abundance mindset type thing because it sounds like I could kind of sense like something <laughs> up within you. Like there's, I know that you you definitely have some ideas around that. They're just some experience, some wisdom. Um, and, and it's just a topic that really fascinates me because I, I recognize that whenever I am literally acting from an abundant place, like whenever I'm okay with, let's say, not getting my money back, like let's say I, I spend money on dinner with my friends and I'm like, okay with them not paying me back. Or I've even noticed like, cause like you'll really notice like the scarcity mindset, like everywhere, like I'll have like this protein powder, right? And I'll be like, damn, like I, I need to like kind of ration out a little bit. Like I need to like take it a little easy. It's like, no, dude, like take the full scoop and just watch what, just watch the energetic repercussions behind that decision of you just taking the full scoop whenever it is that you just want to take the scoop. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's so true. And, um, again, I've been, I've been burned so many times, just bad business decisions that whether it's they, the other people don't follow through with services or I get cheated out or I lose a thousand bucks here because someone doesn't offer a true money back guarantee and there's fine print and there's, I've lost thousands of dollars in the process in the matter of a few years because of those situations. But it's like, okay, that's, I can't blame that on anyone else. Yeah. Okay, cool. I got scammed, but it's like, it was still my decision. I'm just going to go out and make another thousand bucks today. Like it's just operating from that mindset and not having to say, Oh damn, I, I lost 15 cents today. It's, it's the end of the world. I'll never make that 15 cents back. Um, I think that, and, and that's something that so many of us have grown up saying like, Hey, save money, save every single dollar you make. And like coming from that scarcity mindset, especially if you, if you aren't raised from a family that has a lot of wealth, um, like it's, it's just deeply ingrained in you to operate from a scarcity mindset, especially around, around money um, and earning money. It's like, I, I love the, um, I forgot like who really coined this. It's not even coined a term, but coined the, the thought, but it's like, instead of worrying about like buying a $5 latte and wasting all your money, $5 at a time, just get to a point where you can buy as many $5 lattes as, as you want. And it just doesn't affect you operating from that mindset is so much more healthy than damn can i can i spend five dollars here on this latte or can i not in reality you're not gonna get yourself deeply ingrained in debt over five dollars at a time there are bigger spending habits than that but with the latte example it's it's so true just earn enough money that a five dollar latte doesn't doesn't affect you mm -hmm. right it's like it's like about reprogramming mm -hmm. about reprogramming it's like what do you see right now and what actions can you take right now that will eventually be able to change what you see because if you because really like like what is it about it's like if you're worried about that five dollar latte and you spend the money on it and you're, and you're like shit like you know what's like what, what what kind of hit is i going to take in my account <laughs> like whatever it's like okay what are you telling yourself are you you're there's a belief there that you're not able that you're literally not able to make that money back that that money can't come to you in another way through just doing what you do and so it's about reprogramming like what you see and obviously like i feel like it definitely takes some experience to be able to trust in just like that energetic force to trust yeah to, to be able to trust in that but that's just been my experience. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, 100%. So, you know, this one is similar to the comparison, but it's like, how do you relinquish your desire to prove something to others? Because this is something that, like, I've realized that this is like a, you know, it's something that I've definitely worked through a lot, um, but I still, you know, I still recognize it and witness it. It's like, um, this fragment of me that just doesn't want to stop that, that always wants more, more, more that wants to prove myself and, and to prove myself through being absolutely perfect. So how is, yeah. So how do you work through that? Yeah. I'm, I mean, the, again, I, I, I don't have the, all of the end all, end all answers to that. Um, but I, 
I think so many people wrap their, I guess when you, when you ask that, um, like the, the ego and identity conversation popped up for me and it's, it's wrapping your ego and identity around external factors, like being right and looking good and being perfect to other people. Because when you wrap your identity around those external factors, it's such a vulnerable and dangerous place to be. And not that being vulnerable is bad, but it just puts you in a dangerous spot, uh, really relying on other people's feedback or again, just external factors in general. Like I said, looking good, uh, looking smart, um, not failing, wrapping your ego around that um, rather than uh, going into every situation with a, a truly open mind and just wrapping your identity and ego around being the learner. I think that's the biggest, biggest difference you can make. Um, and that's what really, really popped up for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I, um, the way I think about it, it's like there are, it's very easy to get wrapped, to get wrapped up in how people see you. Like we're focused on the scene and whenever we're focused on what's being seen, we're not focused on what's being felt within us. You know what I mean? Because we, and, and maybe that's when, you know, someone will realize that, okay, what I'm trying to do on the outside, whether it's trying to have like the perfect outfit or like the perfect post on social media or whatever, it's like, it's achieving the opposite of what it is that I actually want, because what we actually want are feelings. Like, yeah, we want money, but why do we want money? It's because we think that it'll make us feel in a certain way. And so like I was in the, I was in the shower yesterday and I was thinking about, it. I was like, dude, like, because I recognize this part of myself that was very, I had like just posted on Instagram and I was like, dude, I, and I was feeling anxious about it, you know, because like the, the likes and like all this shit. And I'm like, dude, I don't want my well-being and my ability to feel good to be defined based on my last Instagram post. Like I, like I, I just refuse to live in that place. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's, Again, social media is a is a definitely a double edged sword. I had a podcast on on that pretty recently, but again, like like you said, you just simply can't wrap your wrap your feelings and identity and ego around external factors like your last Instagram post. How many likes did it get? How many comments did it get? Oh, X person got a hundred more likes than me. Um, like it's it's just such a such a sucky place to be in, for lack of better terms. <laughs> right. Um, so here's a, a little bit of a deeper question. What does love feel like to you? Mm, that's a great question. And it's never a question I've been asked on a podcast. So congrats. Um, what does love feel like to me? It's, it's unconditional support. That's, that's what it really, really feels like. And I have a girlfriend right now and that's the perfect example of it. Um, she's, she's been with me since, um, my, my junior year of high school. And she's like rode this crazy journey of life with me, um, starting a business, um, trying a bunch of different shits, failing at a bunch of different things, losing a bunch of money, uh, making a bunch of money and, and this whole process. And we've definitely had our, our ups and downs as we've just been growing in from, from when you're 17 years old, a junior in high school to when you're 21, 22, 23 years old in that time frame, I would argue that's the most change in growth you're 
at in life. Uh, graduating high school is a huge change. Going into college is a huge change. Starting a business and getting into entrepreneurship. And um, she went the traditional route. I I went obviously the entrepreneurial route. Um, and it's we just align on so many things. And um, at the end of the day, she has my back no matter what, and I have her back no matter what. And I think that's what love really feels like to me is finding that that person or, or people um, that you can lean on no matter what. And you really know they, they support you in all of your crazy, crazy decisions uh, no matter what. So um, that just feeling of fulfillment and security, that's, that's what love really feels like to me. That's powerful, dude. There are a lot of different directions I want to go with that, but I'm going to, I'm going to kind of focus it. I really like your answer um, because you said unconditional support. And I definitely feel that. I really like, like that's, that love does feel like that to me. You know, it's like, uh, it feels like I'm being held. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to worry about anything. I can just stand vulnerably as I am, I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to try to control everything. Like everything kind of just falls into place because there is that support. And I like kind of like what you're saying about relationships because you can look at it from that perspective of like, um, you know, it's this person that supports me um, or whatever it may be, which there's certainly validity to that. However, I'm also seeing it from the perspective of like everything in our life is a relationship. So the relationship with your girlfriend, the relationship with your friend, the relationship with your body and the food that you're eating right now, the relationship with, um, you know, absolutely everything. Like I, I see everything as a relationship and whenever you are able to just fully be there with that relationship, and to, it's like every relationship between you and the world has like that support within it. If you're just willing to allow it, if you're willing to, you know, to kind of just like be there with it, because I feel like really like when, like whenever I feel, you know, chaotic, whenever I feel disharmonious, like I don't feel love, I feel fear, I feel uh, unsupported. And so it's really about coming back to that place within myself where it's like, okay, like the support is just here. Like, because it's really just like an energy thing, you know, it's just like that feeling. Yeah, and you, that's, it's so true. And you, I, I love the way you you put it in it. It really is just a feeling of support. And like you said, it's everything in life has a relationship and nothing has a, a positive and negative charge. It's just charge we give it. And it's just the relationship we have with it. So whether that's money, it's food, it's attention, it's followers, it's, it's anything, um, relationships around you, boss, boss, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, mom, dad, nothing is a positive or negative. It's the, the universe doesn't say, oh, that, that relationship is positive. That one's negative. It's just the relationship 
we have with the relationship. It's, that's what it really comes down to. And, um, that's, it's just a cool, cool way of thinking it. But yeah, if we, if we can really focus on those relationships that simply just go back to support and that can be the, it starts with the relationship with yourself. And if you have that strong relationship and with, with yourself, with your own mind, body, soul, um, that's that's strong and then that just leads to all other relationships if you're broken on the inside if if you need fixing then it's it's going to be super hard to sustain a really healthy relationship with other people with food with money with with everything else outside of just other relationships with humans so fix yourself first and then look for those those other strong relationships around you yeah because they i love that so for example, it's like, like it, it, it's even the relationship, like with your thoughts, right? <laughs> because like, dude, sometimes like I'll have thoughts and no matter how far I get on the path, like, you know, there's still the witnessing of this phenomenon, but it's like me trying to run away from dark or unwanted thoughts. And I'm like, okay, like I have to allow this. That's the only way. I can't think myself out of having this negative thought. And if I try to think myself out of it, I'm just further, I'm, I'm further enslaving myself. So today I had, it was hilarious. I was in the library, right? And I was sitting down, like doing my homework, whatever. And there was this girl there, like across, you know, like across the way, sitting down, doing her thing, whatever. And I noticed these thoughts in my mind and I just witnessed a part of myself that was trying to be in a certain way. That was just being, it was just trying to be in a certain way, like whether it was to attract her, to look attractive to her, like whatever. And I noticed that and at first, like I really resisted it. I was like, dude, like you're beyond this, like, you know, like trying to basically think myself out of it and, and trying to say like, dude, like stop, like acting like unnatural, like whatever. But I had to be like, okay, like I just have to let these thoughts be. Like, I just have to let them be because that's just a thing. Like, I, I have to embrace the dark and the light aspects of every single moment because the mind is always, always going to want to go to that dark place. <laughs> like, you can, like, like yeah, the, like, kind of on the perspective of, of like, light and dark, there's, there's always positive and negative. There's always a win and a loss from the perspective of the mind. But it's really surrendering behind that and just finding that support that blank slate <laughs> that blank slate behind you yeah man i'll i'll ask you now if you want to if you want to share about it like what came up what what came up with you I guess within you, when you, when you started noticing you act a certain way or hold your, hold your pen a certain way or in the library, when you, <laughs> when you, when you saw that other girl, like what, what came up with you? And like, well, I guess like, well, like go a little deeper. Cause I, I love that because the, uh, the awareness that it takes for you to realize, oh, I'm, I'm acting a certain way because maybe you want to, you want to impress her. Maybe you want to catch her eye or something. What just talk to me, talk me through that, that experience a little bit. Yeah, dude. It's, <laughs> and that's honestly the fascinating thing because I'm very, um, it's very easy for me to just like slip into that and to not slip into it, but, but to be aware of that, to be just very perceptive um, of pretty much everything that's going on in my body. 
Um, and I think that's just something that's kind of just been like natural with me, like all of my life. Um, perhaps whenever I was a kid and I was in, so my parents were separated and basically I was always like kind of in an environment where I really had to tune into myself and into my environment because I had to be safe, right? Like it was it's survival mechanism. Like I have to be able to observe absolutely everything within me and outside of me. And I have to overanalyze it too. And so, I mean, in that specific moment, I mean, yeah, like it's funny, like kind of what you said, like holding like the pen a certain way. It's like, because it's almost because it's not even like I'm trying to do that. You know what I mean? Like, like that's like what was really bothering to me. It's like, I wasn't trying to do it, but I recognized that it was happening anyway. And so that's when I was like, dude, okay. Like I just have to surrender because I can't like, I'm going to, I'm like, I'm literally going to sit here in my chaos and not be able to focus on my work. If I try to um, work my way out of the situation and so it was really just about surrendering, surrendering into that moment, man. Like that was pretty much it. And it did end up feeling more natural. Like I felt just more in my body, like the more, like, I guess like the more in your body you get and the more present you're able to become with your body, the more you just realize how perhaps there are all these things outside of us that kind of trigger a, just these unconscious mechanisms whatever it may be maybe it's evolutionary i don't know but that just trigger these things within us to you know be in certain ways and could be and because that's like really the most uncomfortable thing it's it's like about freedom you know and like i know like that's like certainly one of your values and and it's one of mine it's like just freedom like i want to feel free all of the time and the more I travel my journey, the more I realize that freedom is not something that I can really work for. It's really something that I have to allow myself to drop into. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing that. That's, that's awesome. And it's super, it, that's super fascinating. Again, I won't, I won't take over the, the questions of, of your own show, but yeah, I, I loved you, you bring that up and um, kind of just, sharing your sharing your thoughts on that so i appreciate that mm -hmm. thank you for asking the question dude i love questions and i um i i'm open to them so if you have any just um of course so if you don't mind me asking i'm curious to hear about um you know some of the lessons that you've learned from your relationship with your girlfriend because obviously you've been in it for quite a long time and you know, you're a, you're an introspective guy, you know, you're about self-development and whenever you're focused on the development of self, you're focused on the development of everything that you have a relationship to. So I'm curious to hear like a little bit about that experience if you're open. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the, one of the biggest things is um, let the other person run their own race and people grow in different ways. People grow at different times, at different paces. So let's say um, meditation, for example. If I get super big into meditating, I've been meditating for a year and a little bit now. Because um, I've, again, I've made this mistake before. I, I try to push things I'm doing onto Katie, which is my girlfriend, 
too much and it just has uh, a counter counterintuitive counter counteractive approach to it um, or result I should say and it just makes her not want to do it more and more so I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned is even if it's awesome for me maybe it's maybe it's not right for her at the time and really letting that be. Say, same exact thing with, with your thoughts of just letting your thoughts almost take over and like trusting, trusting your thoughts. You need to trust the process and those, those things are going to come in your relationship. You just can't force those things because if you're really trying to force something upon that other person, um, it's just a super, the, just the whole dichotomy of it uh, doesn't, doesn't work and everything seems forced then. So really just letting things grow naturally uh, and letting that other person be that other person. Um, we, we took a, took a break um, right after, after high school um, because I th we, we just like almost lost our sense of self. So I think that's a big thing, especially in relationships when you start young, is developing this identity of, of yourself. It's so easy to come into a new relationship and you have your own, your own identity and the other person has their own identity. But when you're going through such a, I guess, vulnerable place in life of late high school, early college, when so many things are changing, it's super easy for those identities to kind of just blend into one another and you start relying on the, the other person too much, um, whether it's um, for happiness, for sadness, for support, for um, always, let's say, because um, th this happened too, like I was working ridiculous hours. So I was making her wait around for me to like hang out after and stuff. And that's absolutely not fair either. So it's, it's really finding, uh, finding that almost alignment between the two and just working it out. That's, that's what it goes down to. Like, don't go to bed right after right after an argument fix things right away fix things and put out the fire as as soon as possible that's something she's she's taught me so so well and i'm not the best at it she's awesome at it and and that's a that's a perfect example of just um almost like the yin and yang like she she covers my blind spots i cover her blind spots so that's another another big thing so put fires out fast don't let those small fires if, if something annoys you bring it up just have radical transparency there. Um, th those are a few of the top things I've, I've learned in this, in this time. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's powerful. And thank you for sharing that. It seems like pretty much every relationship that we have in our life. So like we, I mean, we've been talking about relationships a lot, just like in general, like relationship with your business or with your girlfriend or with your food or whatever, with how you work out every relationship it's kind of mirroring back to you. It's able to show you where you are not free. And, and so, and, and so for that reason, like everything is kind of just like a guide. Like it's really, it really comes back to just being present, like to be able to be right here, to be like, okay, where am I not free? Where can I let go of control and stop trying to force things? And you know, perhaps there'll be discomfort on the other side of that because it's something new, but can I just surrender behind that and find that unconditional support, that trust, um, and that clarity and the comfort, um, on the other side? hundred percent. Because it, like, like, it's really, dude, like, I, like, 
the more we're talking about it, it's like it really seems like force is like the thing. Like if you're forcing anything, like first of all, like why? Like why do you think you have to force this thing? And then it's about dropping the force because forcing something is is just creating the opposite effect. It's creating it's a self-created obstacle, right? Like it's just like, it, it's just completely unnecessary. Yeah, so I I was I was essentially gonna bring up the, like obviously like you can't fit a square peg into a round hole analogy, but what happens when you have a dude like Elon Musk or, um, or Bezos or uh, Steve Jobs when they've just completely revolutionized their own industries and there wasn't even a shaped hole to fit a peg into? They just needed to create a whole new board. What is, I'll ask you, what is that balance or what does that look like when things don't go naturally, but on purpose? Uh, Steve, Steve, Steve Jobs created Apple to directly compete against Microsoft and everything they valued. And they're going to, he's going to complete a diff, whole new, new board. It, it wasn't enough for him to stick a square peg into a round hole. He needed to create a whole new whole essentially if, if we're staying on that analogy so what does that look like and how do we i guess how do we foster that alignment between the two of we can't force things but we also need to drive innovation that's a powerful question <laughs> and i think it i think it lies in the idea of whenever we can let go because like whenever we let go whenever we stop trying to force things that's whenever we open ourselves up to this bigger perspective, this bigger energy. And within that, that is infinite possibility. And I feel like from, from that perspective, it's like, okay, they were able to see this entirely different thing because they just had, there was at that point, like whenever they were not really trying to force anything, they're like, okay, like I can do fucking anything. Like, like there's no like nothing has to be in a certain way because it's really these constructs. It's these constructs that we have in our mind that are encouraging us to, to force something, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, let me think of an example. Like I'm trying to think of a personal example, but I'm sure, yeah, there, there, there have definitely been many times in my life where a certain way, like where my thinking is just so, narrow and because it's so narrow like I feel trapped you know what I mean like I feel trapped and I'm trying to force some agenda I'm trying to align myself with this very narrow vision and it's like it's like where is this taking me you know what I mean but it's like whenever I can surrender and I can let go and I can see that bigger perspective where where anything is possible where I feel free where you know, it's just like that potential. That is kind of where I feel like you get to meld and you get to create. And, and yeah, it just, just realize that nothing has to be in a certain way. I love that. I love that. I th- the, the last part, like nothing needs to be in a certain way. That's so important because there's, um, I was listening to, uh, to Joe Rogan and Kanye's interview um, that they just released and Kanye is, love him or hate him, he is one of the creative geniuses of our time and he's a perfect example of a 
definitely bashing against the walls and again, creating a whole new, a whole new system to live under almost as far as like, Hey, I'm, I'm not just going to fit a square peg into a, into a round hole. I'm going to create a whole new board like Steve Jobs, like Elon Musk, like Bezos, like, like those influential people of the, of the world and in, of history. He's, he's a great creative and just free mind and free thinker um, that he just comes at it, comes, comes to life in a different sense than a lot of other people. And it's, it's refreshing to hear him talk about these ideas. And that's what I was really reflecting on as I was listening to this interview. I'm like, damn, all of the things that Kanye has done, again, love him or hate him, good or bad, whatever it is, he's a very unique soul. He has a, he has a very unique mind. And he's said like Steve Jobs is one of his, his inspirations and his idols. And you can definitely see the similarities between the two as much as how how they think differently and not playing off the apple pun of think different, but that's what it really comes down to. And it's, it's cool putting yourself in just different environments like that. So again, just, just like you said, there's, there's no rules to this game. Like we, we have that freedom and we have that flow that we can, we can just create what, what we want to create truly. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. We said, you talked about novelty and it's like, I don't know if you said that word in particular, but that's what came to my mind. It's like, we are attracted to the things that are novel, that are different, right? And that comes from like the source of that novelty, the source of that uniqueness is freedom. So I don't know if you've ever had, I don't know if you've ever had one of those friends that is so free within themselves that they're just different. You know what I mean? Like they're so unique because you get that unbounded, expression of them and it's like like it's kind of insane you know what i mean and and it's a very like attractive thing so like maybe like we're attracted to those types of products um and those types of people like whatever it may be it's just like that freedom like that energy of freedom <laughs> you know what i mean and just that limitless potential yeah ab absolutely so how have you dealt with addictions and over attachments in your life? Unfollowing everyone on social media. <laughs> That's probably the most relevant one. Um, as far as just like addiction to social media, it's, it's fucking real. Um, it's, I've, I've been addicted before. Um, and again, there's, there's always a balance there because I literally have built my business off of social media and I cannot operate without it from a business standpoint. That's where a hundred percent of my business comes from and leads. And, and that's, that's how I make a living. That's how I pay, pay rent and put food on my plate. So on one breath, it's so, so important to me. Uh, and it creates just such freedoms and such power and opportunities that we have. And that's why we're talking right now because of social media. And we've made that connection through social media. And this is definitely not going to be the last time we're, we're talking. I, I can promise you that. So one side, social media is awesome. The other side, it's like, damn, like the, the actual platforms have addictive qualities to it. Again, it's not Instagram's fault that I'm addicted to it. It's not TikTok's fault I'm addicted to it. 
goes down to the relationship that I have with it. So that if I needed to fix something, it's fixing the relationship I have. Why do I need that quick dopamine hit every time I scroll through TikTok, every time I scroll through Instagram or, or check the comments of a, of a video I post on LinkedIn, whatever it is. Um, again, it's, it's, balancing out and finding, finding what works and what doesn't for me. So for me, it's, I, I try to really like set time to say like, Hey, these are, these are times I can, I can scroll aimlessly, whether that's 10 minutes or something. If I can set 10 minutes aside, maybe then that doesn't catch me doing it for a half hour, uh, sometime else. Or more recently I, um, with like, iOS 14, we're getting a little, little detailed, but with iOS 14 on my home screen, I have like my time limits on each app. So it like, it directly shows me how much time I'm spending on each app. Um, so I really try to limit that number as much as possible. I know if I'm much more, I'm much less uh, likely to randomly scroll on Instagram if I start DMing people from my computer rather than my phone. So make, making those little switches, that's what I've done to deal with um, just the constant need to, my, my constant feeling of needing to check social media and status. Um, as, far as, as far as other addictions, it's not too relevant to me, but yeah, social media is definitely like the, the main, main one I can touch on. Mm -hmm. I, like how you, I like how you brought it back to relationship. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it comes down to. It's just the relationship and it's finding, it's finding that delicate balance because we can very easily get into that place where we are forcing it so much and creating so much rigidity and structure around it to the point where we sacrifice the light that is within that thing and balancing that with the you know, with the, with the, I guess you could say like the indulgent part, that's like more free around it, more loose around it. And I mean, I've certainly, and it's really just like a balancing act between it. Like you, like, that's it. Like you just have to kind of be there and be like, okay, like what is needed for me right now? Like what wants to come through right now? Um, and not being too attached to like either end, because like whenever we're attached to either end, like that's kind of, at least in my experience, that's where I've experienced chaos, you know, because like for me, I can draw back to eating. That's definitely been something that I have worked through for a long time is just like, an, like, a, like a crazy attachment to just eating. Like whenever I don't need to eat, I'll be eating food. And I, in the past, I will just keep eating and eating and eating like past, like beyond the point that I'm full. And I'm like, okay, like, like there's something here, like I need to mend this relationship I need to um I just need to bring balance here so yeah I mean I could definitely get like super deep into that rabbit hole so I won't but it's about because it's like yeah I, I can bring like crazy structure to it but then I will kind of ruin my relationship with food because I think food is like it's enjoyable <laughs> you know what I mean like it's mm -hmm. a it's a pleasure like I like to indulge in like you know, healthy food and also unhealthy food. And so it's really just about like listening to my body and like seeing like what's needed and being able to like really listen to my intuition um, on what it is that I should do. So maybe tonight I just need to pig out and have like a crazy, <laughs> whatever. or maybe I need to have 
a smaller meal and it needs to be super healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. So I have one more question for you, man. Um, what are three things that you would recommend to the listeners that have helped you along your path? So perhaps it's a book or a podcast or a specific person, like a teacher, um, or perhaps like a spiritual practice or, or whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. So three things. <laughs> One, invest in your invest in yourself more than anything. And that that that's a wide umbrella on purpose because investing in yourself means a lot of different things. Um, but invest in yourself from a, from a monetary standpoint, from a health standpoint, from a mental health standpoint. So get into, into meditating, working out, um, but also take courses and prioritize your learning. So first one is invest in yourself and bet on yourself always. Um, if you have if you have ten thousand dollars to to bet against, are you going to bet bet against uh, or bet for yourself or bet for Elon Musk? Let's let's do do the wide wide spectrum. It better be yourself. You better have unwavering confidence in yourself to build whatever you want you want in life. Um, so that's my my first thing is invest in yourself. That, Second, before you go on, that's really powerful because I think about that all the time, man. It's like. I, I posted, I posted today about it. Um, I said something along the lines of your plans don't matter because you are the plan. Like, like, it's like, it's like, we're like almost like looking for these things. Like we're looking for that secure, like that secure job or yeah. Like the way I put it is like, we, tend to try to like look into the system into the existing structure that there is like in our world and we expect that there will be like this perfect thing that is already going to be there like kind of waiting for us but the way i think about it is like no like you are the thing that you're looking for and whenever you are able to tap into that and to to really just cultivate that relationship with yourself then you become that thing. And like, I feel like that's kind of like what you've done. Like you found yourself, you know, like what makes you feel alive? Like, how do you want to feel in your life? And the structure was naturally just created around it. You know what I mean? Like, a, <laughs> like it wasn't like, yeah, like, like it's just like a reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself. So I really like that. It's like, just bet on yourself, trust in yourself because you're, at the end of the day, you're, you're the only thing. Like one of my, one of my favorite quotes is I'm not really sure who it's from, but it's like, we come empty handed, we leave empty handed. So it's like, like, what are we really here for? You know, like, it's really only just you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, great addition. Uh, yeah. So overall invest in yourself. Number two, um, don't worry about your plan. I think we're, we're so structured in our day to day. We're so, uh, 
we're almost beat across the head of, Hey, here's the structure. Here's the box you need to play in, um, just in, in life. And I would just really say like, start pushing against those walls and testing new things and talking to new people and just push your comfort zones and do, do more things that make you uncomfortable that really push you to grow. Um, but just don't worry about this structure. Don't worry about your plan. Like I see so many people, worrying that they need to figure their whole whole entire life out the whole entire retirement strategy by the time they're 22 years old but it's like there's better things to worry about than your retirement plan when you're 22 years old and that's coming from a dude that loves investments and finances and numbers and all of those things but it's like that's not what I'm going to focus on right now I'm going to focus on what I want to focus on because life is life is long I'm not saying it's not important to put money aside and make smart investments and that whole rabbit hole that you can go under, but live a little, be free a little and start bashing against the wall. So don't worry about your plan too much. And then the third, third point, it's directly intertwined with the, the first two, um, but just do more shit you love to do. Like life is so short. We give or take, we only have a hundred years on this, on this planet. And we only have one life to do everything we want to do. So why, why would you sacrifice 30 years of your life, 40 years of your life working a job you hate just so you can enjoy your, your wealth by the end of that, that like time is the one thing we don't get back. So make sure we're spending our time doing things we love. So that's my three invest in yourself. Um, don't worry about your plan and do more things you love. Right. I love that dude. Very well put. It's, I like how you said wealth, you know, and, um, in quotes or whatever, it's like, it's the inner wealth. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can have that wealth, but it's like, it's like shit like at the very end it's like do i actually have wealth if i have all this money but my relationships are shit my body is shit like everything is just falling apart and i also like um kind of like the going back on the like invest in yourself thing whenever i think about money i think like i i i do my best to think about like every single penny i spend as an investment and that doesn't mean that I have to, you know, invest it all in the stock market or put it all into my business or whatever. Like certainly, yeah, I can do that and I should do that. And I do do that. However, it's just like, like everything is an investment. It's the relationships, right? It's the investment in the food that I'm eating. Like I'm going to buy the food that is best for me. I'm like, yeah, like, like I'm going to spend a little bit more money on organic food because I just know that that is the best and that, that's just the best investment like in my long-term health and how I feel right now like it's just the best and that it's like that relationship for example like that strengthens everything else it's you know spending money on the weekend with my friends but it's it's but it, like with the friends that you know like my friends you know what I mean like my mm-hmm. friends <laughs> like the people that like um that I feel like are contributing to me in a sense. They're not giving me anything, but there's just a lot of value in that relationship. So it's like, okay, me spending money at dinner this weekend is an investment in how I feel right now and also in the future. And and then maybe it's like buying a book, you know what I mean? Or, Or buying like some crazy ass like biohacker shit, like whatever it may be. 
like whatever makes me happy, whatever is, um, you know, conducive to my long-term health and happiness. Yeah, man, hundred percent. I, I resonate with that so much and, uh, and agree with, with all of that. Yeah. What goes around comes around my friend. Yeah, man. hundred percent. It's like doing this podcast. You know what I mean? It's like, this is not something that I'm going to regret. It's an investment. Um, and you know, perhaps hopefully it's, you know, it's a, it's an investment in the people who are listening. So everyone who is listening, thank you for being here. And Sam, thank you for being here, my brother. Thanks for having me, Nick. I'm, uh, I'm super grateful for you to, to have me on and I'm excited to uh, just continue our, our conversation and, and relationship. Definitely, this isn't going to be the last time we're, we're chatting, so I would love to, uh, to maybe meet, meet up with you in person eventually once all of this stuff and COVID and shit happens uh, to slow down. But uh, yeah, man, let, let's definitely stay connected. You're, you're definitely a, a boy I want to stay linked with. For sure, my brother. Well, thank you and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Nick. See you.